Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. How are you? I'm good. Uh, it's, it's good to see you. I feel like this is the first week that you and I really haven't talked all that much during the week between podcasts i know um the reason i think you and i didn't talk a lot during the course of the week is because this weekend i had to deal with an offer from a porn site Mm -hmm. to do play-by-play of live videos yeah i was gonna ask you about this a one million dollar offer to uh do I, I didn't dig into the specifics of it. I kind of uh, I left them at hello, but uh, I to <laughs> do actual play by play of uh, porn for some website I've never yeah, heard of. I read about it as well. It, it sounded like it was like a cam website where I guess you pay money and you know there's girls on cams and stuff, and you know it's a live situation. So I don't know, but how I think awful you would that be? No, I mean, I mean, can you imagine that? How terrible that would be? A for me trying to put my voice to to this going on, and B <laughs> if you're on there listening to somebody give play by play of what's going on is just it's the dumbest idea I think I've ever heard of. It was a publicity stunt. Yeah, but you know, a million dollars is a million dollars. Now, if you didn't have a contract with Fox, I think you'd be considering this. I by jump. the way. Everyone has their price. Okay, so you know, would you do it for twenty million? Mm, uh, sure, twenty yeah. million. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there you go. You know, th- everyone has a price. You no, know, I'll do, f- I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it for five hundred thousand, just in <laughs> case anyone's listening. <laughs> <laughs> I had my mom convinced that I accepted the offer. And oh my god, she's eighty. Funny. She's totally with it and great, and uh, the best mom I've ever had. And she's like, well, you are classier than that. You are better than that. You've been brought up better than that. That's just, I can't imagine. Then I had her convinced that Michelle was a part of it. And <laughs> she was, I was doing play by play. And I'm like, no, mom, listen, mom, it's going to be tastefully done. It's not <laughs> gratuitous. It's something that I would be proud to show you. And she well, basically hung up on me. I mean, basically, what you're doing is just an updated version of Howard Cosell and Woody Allen and Diane Keaton. Remember when Howard Cosell calls their lovemaking? Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, what movie was that? Uh, that was Annie Hall, I think. So everything just comes back around. That's so. I, but should I have done it in a, like a Howard Cosell? Ladies yes. and gentlemen, yes. look at this lovely lady. <laughs> I, I'm not even going to go down the path. I'm not Don't even going to start fake Don't play by it. play because that's a, that's the it. one thing that people will lift out of this. This I'm not going to say podcast <laughs> podcast, and uh, that's what's going to be taken and shoved around the internet. You know, but your response was amazing. You know that that's really what what caught the eye of a lot of people because fucking hysterical that you were basically just going to be giving money back to them. 
Yeah. I said, if they're going to pay me a million dollars, I'm pretty sure, depending on the website, uh, that they're just going to be handing some of my money back to me. So <laughs> yeah. uh, that just got a reaction because I don't think people, again, I, it's, yeah, I guess it's a funny line. And I, I sat there with Michelle, like, should I do this? Should I send this? I showed her the screenshot of it. I'm like, do I put this out there? And she was kind of on the fence, and then I sent it, and then it just like went wildfire. And mm-hmm. I don't find it's not the funniest thing I've ever said, but I think for people that don't know me or think that I'm one way, to read that from somebody that's perceived in some quarters of the universe as being like some stiff, like dorky play by play guy, I, right. I think it was it was jarring to well, some, and, and you've you become know, surprising. Less, you've become less of a dorky, stiff play by play guy. Yeah, but wait till I show up for the first time after this whole thing is over on air, and my hair, my hair, is gonna be complete. Whatever's left of my hair is going yeah. to be completely white. I think you should totally roll with that. I think no. you should come. Yeah, you should come back on the air as an entirely different Joe Buck, white hair, white beard, totally different voice. Just start mimicking your father. <laughs> That's what you need to do. People are like, what happened? Right. What happened? What, right. He He's showed no symptoms. Jack Buck. <laughs> he didn't have a fever. He did not have tightness in his lungs. Uh, but somehow he morphed into his father during quarantine. <laughs> Hello again, everybody, and welcome to a beautiful day at the ballpark. That'd be great. That's, it's, it'd be great once. You know what this week is? This week is the NFL draft. Oh, that's right. Which is going to be the first live pseudo sporting event that will transpire in the United States of America during this quarantine pandemic mm-hmm. lockdown. Mm-hmm. How do they plan on doing this? They're going to do it like we're doing it now via Zoom, and it's all going to be everybody's in their own home. I mean, gentlemen, yeah. I think Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the NFL, is calling the picks out of his basement in New York or wherever he lives. <laughs> That's amazing. So, but it's going to feel like the X Games as far as like the intensity of it. It's like, oh, my God, they yeah. got a pick. This is something new. We, we're not watching Tiger King. We're not. This is something. Oh, my God, Joe Burrow's a Cincinnati Bengal. And, and it's just going to be like they're going to be tears, and it's going to have nothing to do with the draft picks. It's going to be every – sports fan on their couch like oh God, thank you totally. thank you joe burrow uh, i who's think going i do who's uh, going to i think they should go super lo-fi where roger goodell is in his basement <laughs> and is picking paper out of like a bowl of some kind <laughs> they should they should says here see like with the old voice it's <laughs> totally the cincinnati Bengals. he, he should adopt a new voice uh <laughs> Yeah, it's just, I know, but it's true. I mean, nothing. It's, it's exciting, but you also have the Jordan documentary that came out last night. That's another, you know, big time um, premiere. Everyone's been waiting, but it's for still this. old. It's still history. This is right, right, right. But I'm saying future. Yes, I, I, I've ne- yeah, I've never been a draft guy. I, I never watched. You will be any, this year. Any any drafts? It's boring as shit to me. Are you going to tell me that you won't be this year? It, it's well, I be will just compelling. to watch it the way, the, just to watch the way they're going to try to go about doing it. That that will be exciting to me. You know what I mean? 
After you get through the first three or four picks, you know, and then it's some like offensive linemen from Kentucky, and I'm like, okay, you know, no, yeah, no, that's I, and I'm covering these guys, and I'm like, okay, you know, and everybody weighs in, you know, this are is you, a reach. This are is, you going to have to do work? Are you doing work right now? I mean, I'm doing you, something on. No, I do nothing on it. I'm doing an interview on uh, NFL Network, which I think is right at the top of the draft at eight o'clock Eastern on Thursday. It starts on Thursday night, but they're not covering the actual draft. I believe it's only on ESPN. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing something online it could very well be on nfl network i might be wrong about that but we're doing something on their website where i'm being interviewed by rich eisen and Dion sanders and some other people okay uh, i think about you know life in 2020 uh mm-hmm. and and what we're doing during this I, I can't wait to bring my porn stories to the uh to the table with uh, rich and, and well Dion. If, hey guys <laughs> if this if this keeps going you know the porn stories are going to look better and better and better. You know? Why don't you counter? Counter at 20. See what happens. <laughs> because I would lose my job. <laughs> I mean, I would lose my job. And no, I don't, I A, I don't want to do it. B, if I were a subscriber, I wouldn't want to hear it. And C, I would lose my job. So C okay. is, okay. is okay. losing I think, job. Like, here's what I think I think C is the truth. I think A and B, you're just fibbing because how could you not want to do it? That would be hysterical. You'd be amazing at it, by the way. Once it, it would, would be, be hysterical. Funny. Once, yeah, and then I'm not it would saying... be annoying and stupid. But no. So somebody, there was a big press release, and a, a writer I know sent me the press release, and it was. I started looking at some of the details because it cracked me up, and it was like. 20 videos a day and i mean oh. it, was, it was more work than i've ever done in my life oh but but so so just so everyone knows this was a real offer meaning like they actually came with a contract of some kind or at least an idea of what you would have to do for this million a public offer with details in it i could probably pull it up in fact <laughs> I, I will try as we were sitting here talking that's just um, too good too good yeah how it is, is your uh how was your week, though? Otherwise, everything good. How are your children's? Everybody's good. You know, we uh, we played Monopoly last night for the first time in all of our lives. I hadn't played Monopoly. When's the last time you played Monopoly? So funny you say that. Um, this winter in Colorado, I hadn't played in a hundred years. I played Monopoly with with Kate and and Danny and a bunch of people, and it was actually fun. It's a long ass game, though. It's so long. We had to. Uh, it was my wife, our two au pairs, and then my girls, uh, my daughters, and we had to actually like tap out, take a picture yeah. of the board, take a picture of what we owned and yeah. how much money we had, and it's like see a you know in yeah, a week you, or so. You have to get into you have lot. to really invest and know the kind of time that you're going to put into it. Now with Kate and Danny and Michael and my brother in laws and and you know that side of the family, they apparently play a lot. And I played with them, and it gets intense. Like it gets com- super competitive, and there's all kinds yeah. of trades happening, and you know it gets it's fun. We're we're more in the sort of um, Candyland zone, you know. That, that's where we are. It's yeah, but that's fun. Land. I mean, that's so fun. It's, oh, it's and great. I know you guys. You guys are big into video games, and I, I my daughters never were, and I'm I'm ass- I'm assuming that my sons will be at some point, but. So I never did the video game thing, but just the idea of sitting down with them is when they're your kids' ages and playing a board game would be yeah. just 
awesome. It's I, really it's, fun. But you know, my oldest, my old Wilder, it doesn't include himself in the video games. I mean, sorry, sorry, in the board games because he is playing video games and he's 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 going through puberty right now. You know what I mean? And you can totally tell his armpits are starting to stank. Number one, and he, you you can see this sort of shift in his attitude. You can almost feel his hormones, you know, pulsing through his body because he's just got this sort of aloof thing now and again. You know, where it's like I don't want to do that, or you know, it's kind of mopey. Or I'm like, all right. You know, his little puberty, his, his puberty is, is pumping right now. Do you so talk I just let to him about that stuff? Yeah, you, you know the song. find his way. No, no. I mean, you know the song, um, that commercial, Liberty, 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 Liberty. Yeah. You know, so I've now I changed it to puberty. So I'm like, puberty, 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 <laughs> puberty, when he starts giving me shit. And he hates it. <laughs> oh, and uh, he, But he hates it so much that, you know, he actually came to me. He's like, can you not do that? And I'm like, all right, sorry. It was actually getting on his nerves. Um, but no, I, I um, you know, we talk about it. You know, I, I just sort of tell him, I don't have a sit down with him and say, you know, this is what your body is going through. And, uh, you know, I, I just say, look, you're going through puberty. This is why you're feeling angry and frustrated. And, you know, it's all good. You know, and I will react accordingly as a dad. I, I can, I need to be patient with that. You know, um, we never had the birds and the bees talk ever. I, they just figured it I out. I don't know if, I don't know I mean, if in I this world, in this world now with all that's out there, I mean, I think it's almost, uh, impossible to believe that you would have to. I think you need to get your thoughts across on how all that manifests itself in his life and and your boys lives but i'm sure they've seen stuff that you have no idea they've seen oh god i've had mo- oh my god well Bodie, my my have middle- you walked in on them looking at stuff oh god well well so create <laughs> this is when rio was a little baby right aaron and i were in rio's room and uh, the boys were in my bedroom they were watching some sort of like spongebob you know movie and I come into my room after putting Rio down with Aaron and the TV is off and Wilder is under the covers and Bodie is like trying to hold in some sort of a laughter or cry. I don't know what. Something's up. And I'm like, what's going on, guys? And nothing. They're all weird. They didn't answer me. I turn the TV on. Boom. Fucking crazy porn. Just I mean, I was like, ah, God, like I ran in front of the TV, Aaron like jumps across the bed to shield them. And we're like, holy shit. And the TV's not going off. Of course, I'm pushing against Zayn. And finally I get it off. Wilder's like traumatized. Bodie's laughing his ass off. I'm like, what happened? What is going, what, what, what happened? And they're like, we, we didn't, we, we did the, the SpongeBob ended. And I, I just pushed, I pushed channel, channel, channel. Enter, enter, enter. Okay, so then I went back to the TV, the movie station they were on. I went channel down, channel down, channel down. Enter, 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 and it literally takes you to some like you know porno on the on like a Playboy thing. And enter, enter, enter means they just bought it for like eleven bucks or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what happened. And it was like I didn't know what to do or say. I have an answer for everything. And I was like, okay, um, that is um, it's not sex. I can't say it's sex because it was so insane. I'm like, uh, I hadn't, I was like, all right, you know what? 
I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Go to bed. I, uh, so I got to figure this out. I got to think about how I'm going to approach this. So, yes, they have by accident seen stuff. And then, you know, I've seen Bodie's iPad, you know, and I've had a, I've yeah. had a talk with him just recently, you know, where he types in like boobs or naked girls or whatever. The problem is, is when you type that into a search bar now, it's not just like, you know, some pinup girl. It's like a guy right. with like a 17-inch dick, you know, having anal or something. And you're just like, holy crap. And, and I said, look, man, I said, this is totally natural. I said, I'm not mad at you, number one. I just want you to be clear about that. This is normal to, to want to see these things. But this is not reality, okay? What you just saw here is not reality. It's, it's entertainment. You know, it's honestly, it's for adult people to look at. This isn't how it really goes down. You know, I tried to have that kind of a... That's good. A, a talk with them, you know, just to be straight up, you know? I mean, so, yeah, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's real, and I've been dealing with that or had, had dealt with that, and, and he was great. He was great, and so far, you know, so good. And, you know, because I didn't have parental locks on the... On the uh, on the iPad, and I said, "Look, Bodie, I I can do that. You know, do you do, do you need me to do that, or can I trust you?" And he says, "You can trust me," and I I do. I, I trust him. So, you know, I, I believe that he won't he won't go there again. And I said, "If you have questions, come ask me, dude. Like we can talk about it." You know, there is nothing better than being able to trust your kids, and I, I unless I was completely naive, I knew my daughters did stuff throughout high school, <clears throat> the early years of high school, and stuff that I had no idea about. But they never really gave me a reason to not trust them. Mm -hmm. So I, I was operating on, you know, we can go along here on this, what I think is like this eye-to-eye -eye level. And until you give me a real reason to worry or a real reason to not trust you, I'm going to trust you. And thankfully, that... Pretty much. I mean, yeah. Did they get in trouble a couple of times, but nothing crazy. And mm -hmm. and I and now, I mean, the young adults that they are at twenty and twenty three. I I would rather hang out with them than mm -hmm. ninety five percent of the people that are my age that I've always hung out with. I just get more of a kick out of being with younger people. I get yeah. more out of a kick out of just seeing how they see the world and how they're forming opinions. That's why playing Monopoly mm -hmm. yeah. was so fun because they, it's like my older daughter's finally kind of getting even as silly as this sounds and she should right. be more worldly at this point. But you know, the idea of rent, <laughs> the idea of now, you know, you just landed on my property and now I, I have a house on it and the rent just went up. And if you're going to, or, the utilities and even what the mm -hmm. hell a utility is that's how sheltered in some ways they've been because daddy's been there to kind of make everything easy like we oh, talked yeah. about last week and you want to just totally. go oh yeah throw throw whatever you can whatever resources you can to make their life as smooth and as simple and as carefree as possible because you just want to see know. them how you want to see them I smile know. you want to see them i know but sometimes you gotta burdened. you gotta kick them out i guess but i didn't get kicked out i mean you know like full disclosure, I lived at home till I was 24 years old. Okay, I, I had it good. I was in LA. I lived at my. I was in my childhood bedroom. I had food. I had everything. And you were acting. Yeah, but I wasn't. I wasn't acting. I, I was. I was. I had the sort of you know the label as an actor, but I haven't. I hadn't even really done shit because I was complacent. I had nothing to work for. So I decided on my own. I said, you know what? I got to get out of here. I, 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 I've, I've got no drive. And so I moved out of my house 
and I didn't have a lot of money. You know, my parents um, were, you know, I, they weren't, they didn't give me a lot of money. I mean, look, the reality is I knew that, of course, they're not going to, you know, let me starve. But I moved into an apartment and didn't, and, and I could afford like first month, last month, month security in like maybe four or five months you know but i was like i'm just gonna go for it and um i put that kind of pressure on myself and then i got my first gig so it's sort of it's funny how that works i mean that's it's the same Mm -hmm. thing with my daughter who's acting and and just starting out and got a role on blue bloods and whatever but there's no money there's no real money in that so it's Mm -mm. at least at this point so yeah, she. It'd be funny if all of a sudden the rent check stopped, and now she's. You know, that's when this theoretical job at Starbucks that's been being kicked around for about the last four years uh, would actually mm-hmm. probably come to fruition, where mm-hmm. she would have to make money on the side and going to auditions or being on these jobs for a day. Don't really. That's not putting food on the table if you right well here, here's the thing and like you know we could easily get a lot of hate from talking about this kinds of stuff because we're very fortunate we grew up fortunate our kids are fortunate we're very lucky there's no doubt about it but being spoiled in my eyes is not about how much it's not about sort of a money thing you know there are plenty of people who do not have a lot who are spoiled you know my parents you know, definitely tried to instill in us a work ethic, this idea that we are are so lucky and we're, but we're, we're you're not living in the real world and we're, you're not just going to get everything. You know what I mean? It's being Absolutely. spoiled is a state of mind. You know, I think and we being talked a about jerk that and being entitled and being, yeah, we, oh, uh, we talked about know. that with, with Al, I think it was Alex, right? Or Mark Cuban, I think. Yeah. But, but that's, that's, that is true. And I, and I, I've certainly, I mean, when I started AAA Louisville, I was making 300 bucks a month and mm-hmm. I was either going to do that. And, and I was, that was every day, basically all day being employed. There just was no money in it. My dad split the rent with me, but I had to, I mean, I was pouring everything I earned into trying to make ramen noodles for dinner i mean i'm not Mm -hmm. saying it was a a hard knock life but yeah it's it's my dad came from zero i came from a you know really good place and then my daughter it's just a failing of mine because i'm in a fortunate position where i feel like you know i just want her to be all good and Mm -hmm. uh i'm probably failing on some level making her kind of earn a little more to have ownership of of her own life which Mm -hmm. you know I, well, I, but the, it's a hard balance. You know, it's, it's an interesting balance because you know it's, you want to protect your kids, but but that's time, life. You, you know, you and I and and you think the same way I do. Like if somebody's on here listening to this, and they go, "Oh, these assholes!" You know, they don't know mm-hmm. they don't know what real problems are. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I've been fortunate to be employed since, but I've wor- I have worked hard. I've I've been employed and working full time since I was nineteen. So mm-hmm. it's and and I'm lucky and fortunate and everything else, but you know if you don't like it, then that's just my life. I can't I can't make something up, or I'm not. Yeah. I don't really feel like hiding something because it may be off putting to somebody. That I'm not complaining about it. I'm just saying yeah. this is the way it is in my no. house. It's so, different so, in every house. Yes, and and so normally I never respond to people on Instagram who write hateful things or whatever because that's their own issues, you know? Um, and, and I can respect sort of the way that they're feeling and whatever they're saying. It does really, most of the time, it doesn't even have much to do with me. But this one guy did write something and I responded 
Um, and I'm going to read it. He goes, I just listened to the Mark Cuban episode of Daddy Issues. I love the show, but you two acting like you somehow had it harder than others because your parents are rich and famous is ridiculous. You have no idea, none. You were both born on third and think you hit a triple. You cannot possibly understand it or relate to someone in the real world. You mentioned your parents limiting the amount of allowance you got. I was lucky to have food to eat. You lost a listener today. Also, my father was absent also. So what? Get over it. You were given everything. I'm going to lose everything I've worked for for over 30 years because of COVID-19. And you two have the nerve to try to act like you have any clue about the real world. And then I wrote, I, again, I never write back to people, but I felt compelled to, honestly, because I felt bad too. I mean, you know, um, so then I wrote, I wrote back to him. I said, so sorry, my man, sincerely I am, but you know nothing about me or my experience growing up. You see the surface of it, what you may read or think your perception based on this idea that everything is perfect because we grew up privileged, but that's all it is a perception. I can't speak for Joe, but you have no idea what I've been through in my life up to this point. This idea that money and being born on third makes you immune to emotional and physical pain is completely misunderstood. It doesn't mean shit. Life can fucking suck for everyone. That's simply a fact. Do some suffer more than others? Fuck yeah, but that doesn't diminish one's personal hell, whatever it may be. So I appreciate what you're saying and actually get the anger. I'm sensitive to it and try to be mindful, especially now, about what people less lucky than I was, uh, about what people less lucky than I was are dealing with. But my story you'll never know, so try not to judge. We're just trying to bring some levity and insights into being a dad. Um, didn't hear back. That's great. But, but I felt compelled. That's because to... he blocked you. <laughs> <laughs> I felt compelled to write him, you know? And, and, and uh, you know, look, again, I get it. I, I, I understand that. But we don't know everyone's story. You know what well, I mean? We're like, either going to, first of all, our guest is here, but we're either going to be transparent and say how life is, or we're going to yeah, hold stuff yeah. back and be fake because of yeah, exactly. the perception so. that might be created that we're privileged. All right, so we got one of my best friends in the whole world, David Spade, who's coming on shortly i think he's my best friend he probably doesn't think that i'm his best friend you actually have something in common joe because he gets upset with me all the time about not texting him back and calling him back and you know he's very sensitive to that very sensitive to that it's annoying so do you think he would even like i know you were on a show with spade but do you think if you guys were walking down a street and you came across David Spade, would it be like, hey? Or would it be like, hey, Oliver? Or would it be Ollie? Or would he, <laughs> would he, I mean, you guys are you guys are friends, right? Yes, of course we're friends. There he is. There See? he is. Friends? Friends is a strong yeah, word. Yeah, we're friends. Joe, I think you're closer to the truth. We're acquaintances. We're business associates. Yeah, I get that sense. I don't. I don't really. I'm not so sure. I mean, no, he claims you. I just don't know that you claim him. No, no. He got closer to our little our Indian counterpart on our show, Athir. They became tight. Yeah, uh, Oliver. Why aren't you going to be on camera? It's just me and Joe. Oh, I'm not. I, I just don't want you to see me. What do you mean? I'm on camera. Joe, do you see me? 
I see you. This is what you're going with, Oliver? Okay. You can see me? Yeah, I was just saying I don't love it, but I see it. (laughs) Do you like my mustache? (laughs) I like your Princess Leia fucking headphones. When's the last time you two were actually in the same room? Dude, we're getting into the tough questions already. I think an Aspen at New Year's Eve. That's right. That was fun. I came to see the old uh, Spadola set. Oh, yeah, Joe. I did stand-up in Aspen over New Year's Eve. I think I did it New Year's Eve day. No, no, no. On the second. Yeah, maybe on the second. And uh, anyway, it was a huge hit, Joe. Blah, blah, blah. Killing. Blah, blah, blah. But but isn't Oliver... I mean, I've seen the whole New Year's celebration with Oliver. Doesn't it take you like three days to recover, Oliver, from, from whatever some sort of weird drug you're on or no, whatever because you, mush, you know when you do mushrooms there's not a big recovery right right Dave I think you and Kate had a little side text going when I got there and you guys were like hey welcome then you're like hey you got the stuff yeah okay listen <laughs> <laughs> it was a good set it was a good set um no that no, was I, at your party that was at your party what I'm saying is when you guys were oh uh, yeah you you stayed for a few minutes and then just dipped out like you normally do. And then, but at the stand-up, so so your party was really fun, and then the stand-up show was fun too for different reasons. It was just fun. Yeah, it was good. So you My enjoy, you, David. You enjoy. I I feel like, you know, not knowing you hardly at all. I I feel like. All right, I'll see you, you guys. You enjoy. Yeah. Okay, take care, hey guys. You you've. But it got it got extra professional in the room all of a sudden. Yeah, now we can really do a podcast. Let's cut his ass out. This fucking contest winner, Jesus. Right. The in and out of the house. I'm sorry, David. Let me apologize to you right now on behalf of the Daddy Issues podcast that uh, typically we're more professional than this, but he's got his alarm buzzer going off every 32 seconds. My kids are coming in and out of the house. You know what I mean? Like, there's three of them. I can't control the madness. This whole fucking Zoom situation has not been good this morning. You hear that? There it went again. My internet went down. (laughs) My internet went down. It was uh, I've been it's been fucked. Right now I'm I'm on my wireless hotspot because I have no internet. There's currently an AV guy at my house, so I'm petrified of like you know catching the coronavirus. You know it's, it's been a, it's been an interesting. Oh, day. that's why you're petrified. I thought maybe you know you thought Aaron might take a liking. No, 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 no. So my question was going to be. But but hold on, quick. But let's just go with that yeah. for a second. So, no. Spade, come on, dude. I know this is your favorite story in the world. No, it's not. Spade, <laughs> Spade did bench warmers with Aaron, and he when when Aaron and I just started getting together, Spade was texting Aaron like like What's the haps, girl? I'm with the shoot today. Did you have fun at the salad bar? Time <laughs> to call tomorrow. What's wrong with that? I mean, I same way. I'm only friends with Oliver to hang around Aaron the few times that I'm in L.A. or Cabo or wherever I am with these people. Aaron's by far the better half of the Oliver-Aaron combination. By the way, Joe, if you run into Oliver in Aspen, which uh, you may or may not, but he uh, he's such a like mountain man that he's like, hang on, my kids and I are skinning an elk. I got to get back. <laughs> They're all like doing all this crazy shit. He's like Joe Mountain Man. He's like, he's literally like quarantine boy uh, already out there. Because you text him and say, I go, hey, I'm playing Aspen. And then like three days after he goes, 
you here now? I'm like, I was there for a week. I texted you. <laughs> I left. Oh, shit, dude. I want to come. No, you're not kidding. It's over. <laughs> I came. I gave you a heads up. That was the time I came with Kevin Farley. Where he's like, where's Oliver? I go, it's always funner if someone's in the crowd, you know. So Aspen's fun because he came and some other people I knew. And it was pretty fun. But but you have you have the same experience that I have with Oliver that you cannot get him to respond to really anything. I know, it, but what's what's he waiting for? Sandler, like, who's the one where he's like, you know? Yeah, Sandler. No, he's dude. not that busy. <laughs> I do Who respond to you guys. You guys are tr- you guys are trigger happy. You don't give me time to even <laughs> flake. You don't. I don't have time to flake. No, I just go, Oliver, and then like a couple days later, I go, did, wait, did he ever answer? Like, you don't have to be like, like normal people, but you can, uh, same day, I love. Yeah, but you know what? We, it, it's, been, it's been better because we do the talk text thing now, which is much easier. So, you know, we, we've, been, we've been better. Um, By the way, quick question for Joe and Oliver, you can listen. Yes. Um, yeah. Joe, Joe is always fidgety because he has to sit for like these long sports things all the time. So he's probably got this wired where he's like, check, check, check. I have to sit for a long time. Here I go. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, right. you're like the most I can sit for is three minutes and I got a fake check. You know what you should do, Oliver, is also bring the kid in like, hey, you crazy kid, you prick. And then that'll get out. <laughs> right. On <laughs> <laughs> our big podcast that everyone's clamoring for. <laughs> <laughs> You get, you get uh, your kid and you're like, and then everyone's yeah. like, yeah, let's run with that one. Remember when he yeah. hit the kid? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I, we keep it all in, dude. We keep it all in. That's why when we ask about, you know, your the heartbreaking stories of your childhood, you, you, we're going to keep it all in. So, <laughs> I know, you know, Joe. I hit him up today. I go, wait, this is about my dad, right? So I'm going to fucking be bawling all the time and reliving my Vietnam childhood of dad <laughs> deserted No, me. listen. <laughs> Fatala, listen to me, dude. I, yeah. you know, I want you to, I want you to talk. I want you to be on this podcast for a few reasons. First of all, you know, I love you, and second of all, you are an amazing father, and I don't think a lot of people understand that or know what a great dad you are. I have seen you in action with Harper, and so that's one of the reasons that I wanted to bring you on. It's time to expose Spade, you know, to a totally different demographic—people who right. actually like him. You know, that's a dude new demographic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, I that, have, uh, Joe, if he doesn't know, but Joe probably did some research on me, just some combine stuff. Um, <laughs> Spade does the 40. No, I had a kid at Harper, and she's 11, and uh, it was from uh, roughly 11 years ago, maybe 11.9. <laughs> and she is very sweet, and it was not a 1,000% planned out, but I, uh, you know, Luckily, great kid, and so, but she lives in Missouri. I live here. Um, you spend your life trying not to be like your dad in some ways, and there's some things that my dad I liked, but he, he scrammed on us when I was four. We were four, six, and eight. Uh, this is where the viewership fucking dives down a little bit. No. Uh, <laughs> no, this is where it spikes. That's where it spikes. Yeah. So just because Joe actually seems like he cares. He's a nice person. Um, I do. I live in Missouri. Would you like me to raise your child for you? Oh, shit. That would be a huge help. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The other day I go, hey, Harper, we did a FaceTime, which if she bothers to lift it up so I can see her, it's always like this, like chin. Yeah. 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 I go, 
one day you're going to realize that's not the best look for a girl. But, you know, right now. And she's like, uh-huh. I like the innocence of not knowing that's bad, but one day she'll be obsessed with it. But right now she's like, what? And I go, I talk. And then, you're in school? No, remember, we're not. I'm like, uh And I'm running out of, like, job, you know? And then uh, I go, hey, have you seen Brad Pitt around there? Who's that? I go, Brad Pitt, the superstar from Springfield, where you are? And she goes, uh, I heard about that guy. I don't know. <laughs> He's like a better looking version of me. And she goes, yeah, I don't know. I think we just went over that. I don't know. Who's that guy? I go, anyway, Harper, it was kidding. fun talking. <laughs> She's always here to wrap it up. But you're, you're underselling yourself. Come on. I, mm-hmm. I, I know I know you better than that. I'm fun with her, but she's always like going to commercial. I'm like, Harper, quit cramming it. What are you doing? Like, you don't have to go anywhere. You're stuck in the house. She's like, what? But she's mm-hmm. sort of that. There, there's a funny thing with her because she's sort of quiet. And I told her, she said she was an introvert this week. And uh, she was, it's okay. I'm kind of an introvert. Never heard that word really until about a year ago. Anyway. I know. I, I'm with you. I'm like, how the fuck does she know what even that word Yeah, I was like, is. what the fuck? So I go, oh, and then I didn't know if she felt weird about that. So I said, you know, that's funny because I was, I was not always this superstar glamour guy. I, um, <laughs> I wasn't always this magnet of uh, whatever. And so I said, when I was in first grade, and she goes, I've heard this. And I go, first of all, you haven't. Second of all, daddy's talking. <laughs> Third of all, maybe you have heard a shortened version, but I'm going to give the whole thing now because we're in quarantine but i said they asked me that when i was in first grade they asked me afterwards if i wanted to skip to fourth joe i read that you're smart my my dad said i was my dad who was sort of poking his head in and out of my life even though he's my dad uh popped in to say he's too much of a shrimp you know he's we we can't have he's already getting beat up by first graders we don't want to like try to so so me and the vietnamese kid went down to fourth grade reading and math. And then, and then you I went from first to fourth. Well, I went into second grade, but for reading and math, I would go down. I had no idea why you were that you were like a gifted. Student. I was then. Yes. Obviously you've seen the slide since the slide. Yeah. 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 Okay. We call it the plummet, but, uh, <laughs> and then I, I went down there reading and math and I'd come back and I'd be like, Hey, what's going on here? Mission? Oh, we're doing fractions. I get confused. Cause I'm like, I'm always down there. <laughs> so you were good at math too. I would, th- I would think it's obvious that you'd be really verbal, but you were good at math as well. Uh, math was my thing for a while. Hit a wall in high school because my brother was cool and I was in like math stuff and uh, after eighth grade we went to high school and he was a, he was a junior when I was a freshman but all the schools merged and I was literally like I just got discovered by his friends going oh you oh mini spades here you're so cool I had white blonde hair I had all these components of coolness I just didn't know the power I had it's like I had the glove but I didn't have all the stones on but I literally had all the stones I had long hair skateboarder cool tan like nerdy not really good looking but i was tan back then and i came to school the first day with two casks i broke both wrists skateboarding in a pool and so all the chicks were like derench katrina right mountain no sploosh sploosh so i i go uh 
what's up gals? But then I was immediately cool and popular by association of my brother. So his cheerleader friends were just saying hi to me, which is a freshman. And all the other schools merged. So it was sort of murky who was cool and it was being decided. And all my friends in my school were going, no way, he's a nerd, he's a geek. You don't even understand. I'm like, too late. It was wildfire. I was like, later. And so I <laughs> This is like the movie it. Can't Buy Me Love. It's like literally every single movie. <laughs> but I, I would walk, I'd see my old friends and i go, why don't you losers go do some flashcards? Ah, let's hit the assembly, new friends. Let's sit in the front. <laughs> so I was cool. And then I got whored out by having a social. So I, grades went fucking. Mm, yeah. 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 But you know, you didn't even need that for, your, for what your life was going to I always become. said, I've said this before, but I go, I, I can always pull them back. There was a couple of tremors, you know, like your grades are sort of like the Dow, the first week of the quarantine. I go, all good. It'll come back. I was like the president. I'm like, it's all good. And so cut to sophomore year. My mom's like, I know you're this fucking genius. And I was literally going, I want to go to Princeton. I want to go to UC Santa Barbara. I don't love it. I'm not sold on it, but I like the area. Meanwhile, I get the senior year. have not pulled it back yet. And I tell my teacher, I'm like, my counselor, I go, so where are we at with the college? Everyone's scramming. So any word from Princeton or, and she goes, if I pull some strings, I can get you in the community college across the street. <laughs> and I fucking went to community college. I didn't, I go, oh, I go, not even garbage ASU. She goes, fuck no. I go, I can, I, I'll rip it up now. What do you want me? Just point me. I'll take a test. She goes, you're bombing. It's over. It's already been decided. So I went to Scottsdale Community Artichokes. Joe knows the artichokes. And, yeah, they're good. Uh, and then I went the issue and sort of started stand up and bombed out and very little education. Mm -hmm. But I feel mm -hmm. like you must have had a hell of a mom. You know, I feel like you're, you, and you still kind of answer to her when I watch your stuff online or Instagram or yeah. watch your show. If she doesn't like a joke, I mean, I, I feel like you have the kind of open relationship with your mom where you can get real feedback from, for, for what my you're mom doing. is very, my mom is the big fan. She is the best uh, supporter to my brothers too. Because, you know, it's three boys. When when uh, my dad skadoodled, we... Where, first of all, where did he skedaddle to? Just like a mile away. <laughs> he just, right. he, he, we, were, we were in Arizona. and we it's like my dad. My dad skedaddled to Malibu. I mean, that was it. Yeah, we have a similar story. Yeah, because we were in Michigan, right? And we were... I think my dad was in Michigan. We, we were four or six and eight. He said... He took off for a few months. I didn't know this till about two years ago. My mom was like beautiful, sweet, but very nice. Like the mom back then, the wife doing the right thing, like Mad Men. And she's like, he was in sales. I was like these martini lunches. I'm at work. God, when you could lie back then, it was lying's almost gone. It's horrible. Totally. Back then, it's impossible. I, well, work. What's that mean? What's work? What's he do? Not nothing. I don't even know where he works. So she's like, oh, he's at work. And meanwhile, he's out catting around. And he would tell us when we grew up, I was always out catting around. I go, why are you bragging to me? That's my mom. So he goes, couldn't keep my pants. I go, sir. So he's out there. And then two months later, my mom goes, I just was going to put the house for sale. I hadn't seen him. So she puts it for sale. Then he pops in, hey, what's all the bullshit going on here? Well, you're not here, and we no one knows what's happening. He goes, nah, I got a job in Arizona. And she's like, 
Oh, you could have come home day one and told me that, but okay. So he goes, we're off to Arizona. So we all moved to Arizona and then he dumps us. Wow. So not even where mom knows everybody. Like, so she's, he pulled out of college when they got married. He goes, you don't need college. (laughs) So she's doesn't have a degree. She's doing two jobs, like temp jobs, like, you know, department store. And we're just three little rats. Just picture all of, you know, three dudes. And we're like, God. And we don't even know we have no money. I'm like, I want this. Give me an evil Knievel SSP. And all the shit we wanted. And, uh, and then she tried did, it. And, did she know. just let you guys run wild? I mean, she did what she could, but it was like, here, go go into the desert and just go. Overall was, yeah, there was a few dropping in the desert when she went to work and picked us up after. But that, that all worked out. Now, that could have gone sideways on us because we all had guns. Mm-hmm. We would all shit in the desert. We're alone for eight hours. Back teen. But we had everything covered, but basically it was growing up and then he would pop in once, twice a year. Why do I feel like not, sorry, sorry, Ali. Why why do I feel like not knowing you like Ali knows you or your good friends know you, but just from a distance, I don't feel like you're as wild as you purport to be. Is that, is that, (laughs) I already knew that accurate question than whatever he was going to ask. Um, (laughs) yeah. This uh, no, I I'm coming I'm I'm coming back to your dad so so you, you, can, you can deflect all you the want. Full picture. <laughs> the full picture is you got to know the mom too. So the dad is uh, uh, I I am a little less of a rager than is advertised, but I was I did go through a little sniffy jiffy in college and stuff. Joe, just to cope, just to get through the rough spots. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I would have been a full cokehead if I had any money. I always make. I was valet parking. I'd buy a quarter gram for twenty five, and that would have to last me. And so, if and it was the last time I had good cola. Was there was a guy in my college, and I wish I could find him now because it was <laughs> the best. And it's honestly never been any good. I tried after that. And I'm like, it's just I don't know. That was so did good. you did you ever steal anything out of a valet when you were valeting? You ever steal anything out of the car? Yeah. Um, yeah. we would steal just from cars in general when we go out yeah. drinking. We just pull into a parking lot and just go rip off. God, I, this sounds bad. <laughs> um, so I was a little partier, but I was basically always a little nervous because, uh, there, the, you know, the structure, no dad around, we were always broke. So we're just trying to get by. So you couldn't really get in trouble a lot. You couldn't do this a lot because we knew we were. I didn't want to stress my mom out that bad. And so I always was pretty behaved across the board. And then my brother, older brother, was a little bit of a wild card. And then the dad pops in twice a year. Hey, he's a Nerf football. You know, and he's like, hero again. How, where, where did he live for real? Like, like seriously, like a mile he down the road? Like around, around Scottsdale, but just little garbage apartments. And we go stay with him. And he just goes, sleep on the floor. And I go, on the floor. He goes, hey, life's tough, Davey. How do you do it? And I go, Jesus Christ, I'm seven. So, uh, <laughs> and then he takes us to happy hour and we're at like literally a bar where he just likes to drink and, you know, that's where we'd have dinner. He oh just my God. Oliver is so tired of me bringing this topic up uh, and I haven't done it on the podcast yet, but there's a, a movie, Shia LaBeouf wrote it and directed Honey? it. Honey Boy. Honey Boy, yeah. Which is about his life and he plays his dad during the time when he was like the Disney, you know, super kid 
And it's that same type. It's that same type of interaction with your father. I thought the kid in the movie had autism or something. No, that's no. Peanut Butter Falcon. Oh yeah. 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 You're you're you're, you're conflating your uh, your. I thought Shia. it was. Well, it was, it was a different. It was a different time back then. That's like what men did, I guess. You're supposed to, yeah. That's what yeah. Yeah, exactly. But well, you said, we had a good four-year run. What do you want? You said something <laughs> I think really important in there, not to be serious for one second, but we, but you said it because you didn't really want to stress your mom out that bad. Your mom had been through enough. Like the last thing she needs yeah. is to, you know, scoot around after you picking up your messes. Is if you're well, and my older messes. brother, my older brother who was uh, sort of the man of the family, and he was ten, so I think that stressed him a bit. You know, so he would get in trouble. We lived in a city outside of Scottsdale, which was very tough, 10% white. And we would all get in fights, but me and my brother Andy would puss out. Walk to school, give me your lunch money, hand it to him. We didn't, you know, hey, we're all good here, right? You got all the money, here's my pockets. <laughs> and I go to class. And then and then my older brother said, fuck you. And he'd fight him. And then he just was getting beat up all the time, but he wouldn't take any shit. And so I was sort of envious that I, I was a puss, but... I was yeah, but you know what? Now look at you. You're tough as nails. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was just voted America's biggest pussy by some poll. Um, <laughs> Who runs that poll? Come on, really? It was, their, it was their competitive one, America's top pussy. Oh, uh, okay. But I, I uh, would go to school, and honestly, I would dress uh, in clothes to get in a fight. So if I went to a dance, if we went to the mall... I'd go after wear this loose coat in case someone beats the shit and I can fight back. At least I will lose a thousand percent. So I was always scared. That was a crummy town we lived in. Then we get back. She marries my stepdad and he was a little bonkers. So then we have a new guy. Right. I was about to ask about that. Your stepdad, because yeah, he did yeah. come in. He did. How, how long was he in the picture for though? He's probably about seven, eight years. And he was okay. a doctor and he was sort of nerdy, but great guy. Looking back, the stepdad job is a tough one. Obviously, yeah. we all know that. Yeah. It's, uh, but my mom barely dated when we were together. She's very pretty and very fun, but she was just so focused on the kids. She had no time. And, you know, they, they don't make them like that all the time either. You know, girls now, their child support is going to, like, plastic surgery. She's like, oh, I should kick some of the kids to Am I allowed? Yeah, you're allowed <laughs> to give some of the child support to the kids. So, uh, but you know how it is out there in Los Angeles and – a lot of great moms. A lot yeah. of um, your mom's of, the, your mom's the best, man. Your mom's you know, awesome. And then yeah. So uh, you grow up and you and you learn to respect that what she's doing because you don't really know it then. And then now we all try to take care of her the best we can because she's. You know, and did your stepdad raise you at all? I mean, did he actually you know impart any sort of wisdom to you as a male or? Yeah. Or no? You know what he did? He was so and my mom. He said, you know. He was sort of nerdy and not obviously didn't date a lot, but he said, you know what? I want to take care of you and take care of your kids. And he's like a good guy. My mom would go, this is what a man should be. It was so opposite. He wasn't as fun as my dad. My but my dad was like, you know, Yosemite sandwich. And so he was more like, I work, I'm a doctor, but a little bit of a boozy Susie also. Mm-hmm. Runs in the dad family, stepdad, real dad. So he had problems with that, big ones. And... You know, my book, my older brother's getting in trouble. They didn't get along. You know, I was, he was introduced me to coin collecting. What a nerd. Coin collecting. I got a shotgun shell reloader when I was 10. I got a deer rifle. I got a shotgun. I got into hunting and shooting. And I was still skateboarding. But overall, he liked that. He made me take German because he knew German. I'm like, 
this will be great. It was fucking horrible. <laughs> and then I remember when I had this girl over the house, I was like, uh, come up to my room. And everyone like scram, you know, I was trying to get my first kiss or something. And she comes up and I, it was so embarrassing. It was like a movie. I pull out my coin collection. She was like sort of a whore, you know? Yeah. yeah. And uh, like sort of running around town and everyone knew like, if she comes to your house, it's a, it's done. Yeah, it's done I'm so terrified of her. I'm finding ways not to kiss her. I'm like, seeing my coin collection. I'm sure you've heard about it. You're sabotaging. You're sabotaging every chance you have. And she's like this coin collection. And then I'm like, she goes, I wonder what that's code for. Anyway, it's real coin collection. So I pull it out. <laughs> and then I go, here's my 1916D Mercury Dime. I should say that for the closer. Uh, <laughs> it was worth like $100. And then I go, here's a proof set. It's all of these coins that have never been touched. She's like, neither is this. Let's go. <laughs> um, anyway, nothing happened. There, never, nothing any, happened with anyone until last year of high school. And that's when you lost your virginity. Well, there's no, honestly, it goes back. There's no dad to run this stuff by. Like, I yeah. don't know anything. That's, it. that's, a, I, that's a great question, actually. Because I was just, Wilder was on my computer right before we got on. And he, it was his first, like, sex ed class, I guess. Like a Zoom sex ed class. And there's this. Oh, you porn. Right. <laughs> pretty much. That there's was my sex ed strange class. Strange teacher talking about, you know, masturbation and sperm. Oh, wow. And wow. all the kids. It's a big Brady Bunch squares. Uh-huh, Oh, dude, I stayed for the whole hour session. I had to listen to it. And they were like laughing. And it was just a, it was a total mockery of the entire. Because I, I remember people were like, like uh, whacked off. I'm like, yeah, I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. I don't know what it means. I don't know anything. No, I mean, I asked Wilder afterwards. I said, I said, do you know what masturbation is? Because I figured he did just because of his friends. And he's like, I think so. Yeah, and then, of course, I'm like, well, what is it? And then he doesn't want to talk about it. You tell me first, and I'll say right. it. That's right. right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so when you, don't, when you don't have a dad to sort of, you know, even imply that these things happen, I guess you just got to figure got it out for girl, yourself. I got this girl. I was scoring on her. She was probably 5'7 back then. I was probably 1'1". One, one. And, like, <laughs> and she let me. I went up her shirt. I go, Whoosh. no, wait, she had a button on I go, like, we were watching a movie. Honestly, it was eighth grade or something, freshman year. Still, I was fucking petrified. That's why my jaw hurts. I was just tense all the time going, <laughs> didn't know what to do. And so they go, get some boobs. I go, yeah, man. But all I did is I put my hand on her like nine-inch thick padded bra like this. Like, <laughs> and I was like, didn't move, just watching moving. And then she finally goes like this. If you're not going to do anything, I'm like, what do you do? Help me, anything. Like, I can't ask my mom. I'm too, too. <laughs> totally. I had the same situation when the first time I went down a girl's pants. I didn't even realize there was a hole there. I was like literally just scratching her pubic. Hair, pretty much. <laughs> You're just locked I was just, in pubes. <laughs> I was just like. <laughs> oh my god! She's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I have no idea." You. Hey, man. I, I, this girl wants. Anyway, pubes were a hit. But that's what I was brainwashed on. I saw beavers, and when I finally saw a dirty magazine, I was like, oh. But I was the same as you. I didn't know what was going on. No, well, we used to have to. I mean, if you were going to watch anything on TV, I, I just remember having to watch like through the scrambled 
yeah whatever right where you like oh whoa there was something and then you had to kind of put emblazon that in your mind because it was just going to zap out in the next two well seconds. and that's why kids say i don't know if that's why they're so dirty like girls are so filthy at young age because we had playboy which is fairly tame we had penthouse a little rougher but it's sort of gradually got you in a club swank we just just say it say the <laughs> one cherry, say, the one, say uh, the one i like dude hustler no the one you make up in all of your and all of your sets scrunt <laughs> <laughs> you know you know where i stole that i don't steal i mean i'm not in the habit of stealing stuff from my act but it was uh just shoot me we had the blush cover of the magazine it's called the blush show well you guys know back and forth so so Blush was the magazine, and we had someone on the cover, but it was a little risque. And Wendy Mallet comes in, she goes, Jack, they're keeping it behind the shelf at the grocery store. And she go, he goes, behind the shelf? She goes, yeah, where they keep Playboy and Scrunt. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone reads through them, what? Crunch. Sounds like the dirtiest fucking magazine. It is. I don't even know what kind of mag that is. It's a very special category. Dude, when I saw, by the way, they showed an ECU of some girl's cooch, I was like, ha! (laughs) I was not ready. I did not know what was happening. I was like, I've heard a lot of hubbub about, you know, a bush. Did you know that your dad was was messing around in your mom? Did, were you aware of that as a kid? Well, we, you know what I heard later? We would hear, like, he's dating someone she knew or someone a block away. It was, like, so horrible. I don't want to bring up your shit, Joe, but, like, wasn't your dad a bit of a ladies' man himself? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, you're dead beat Yeah, no. Uh, that's how I was brought into the world. My dad was married with six kids, met my mom, who was touring on a traveling broadway company thing in theater and met her and nine months later i showed up so yeah he uh patty he's LuPone. on record yeah it was patty lapone uh broadway legend patty lapone uh bernadette <laughs> peters senior uh yeah no i he he was he was kind of like the james bond of st louis if there could be a james bond i'm sure louis. harper's reading about him right now in class Yes, probably. Springfield's a great town, by the way. Have Is you, it? Have you, are you anywhere near there? You're saying no, two hours, three hours? Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a hike, but it's a, good, it's a good small town. When do you think you were, when do you think you qualified as funny, David? When do I think I qualified as me being funny? Yeah, I mean, I would think for a guy that was scared and wearing big coats and worried about getting his ass kicked, had to develop some sort of... I still wear big coats just because I, they don't have my size. <laughs> no, I mean, that's the obvious defense. You're smart, you're verbal, you can use your mind, you can use your your wit. It wasn't ever... I, I, I appreciate that question. I think it wasn't until... I would mumble jokes in class. I would mumble jokes because I didn't want to commit to doing a joke. And I didn't want to get shit for it. But I would mumble to my friends. We'd write notes. And then never thought of stand-up like these kids that want to be stand-ups. Never. It wasn't a thing. Like in Arizona, there was... I didn't know there was a club. I knew um, Carson and stuff for a lot of them. There was a comedian. That was it. Like a Leno or Seinfeld, which I thought were so funny. But wouldn't even 
connect that I could do that. So through high school, we did a talent show and we ripped off SNL sketches and everyone's doing like whatever, whatever and singing. And I did stuff like that. And then we wrote a few and I thought that was really fun because I wasn't on football and I, I tried out for baseball. I tried out for football, I tried out for ball and got fucking smoked. But then I was like, what do I do? And then I did that once a year and I go, that was actually fun. I thought about it a lot. I go, I, I can't wait to do it next year. So I did it again. Then I really got into it. And then I did like 11 sketches the next year. It was a three hour show. And then when I left, everyone went to college and I was stuck at, you know, on my wall in front of my high school going shit. And they're like, are you still here? I'm like, yeah, man. And they go, well, I go, classes are over. So I cruise back to the wall at Saguaro High School. And they're like, remember those losers that used to go to college? They'd come back and hang at the wall. I go, I know, right? I couldn't connect with it up. So, so I would say, then I go, you know what? I got bored because everyone's grand. So my dad was very funny. My mom was very funny, but like sharp funny, like dry. And that's what I liked. And then I read about a comedy night in New Times Magazine. So I go, I'll just go watch just because I was bored. And all my friends are gone. So I went and watched. And I was like, ah, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, these guys making this shit up? They're just talking about stuff from life? Because... I'd only seen six minutes, you know, on Carson. So they had amateur night. They go, are you going to go up? I go, oh, yeah, maybe. And then I went and I wrote some jokes and then I tried it. And I was bad. But the guy said, I go, should I do it again? Meanwhile, knowing I just fucking bombed. And he goes, ah, you were pretty shitty. But uh, actually what you said between the jokes was funnier. And then he walked away. And I go, mm. and, then, and he just nailed my whole style for my whole life. I was like, wow. Well, yeah. He just said it off the top of his head. He goes, yeah, he was, cause I'd comment on what I just did. Sort of like how I do my monologues right now at my house, which I mentioned you yesterday. I know, which uh, I was very honored. And then, but, but yeah, when you're talking, to, no, you're talking to somebody off camera or you're, you're doing your little sound machine or you're doing yeah. whatever you're doing. That's what carries it between the jokes. And you even kind of slough off your jokes a lot of the times. So I know, I bury them and I just... You do. And yeah, I, but I, that's, it's your, gotta that's be, your style. I know, that's so great. And and that's from a kid who was too nervous to say the jokes out loud back in high school, kind of, yeah. right? Because if you say them too loud, everyone goes, fucking lame, and I shrink. So I have to just sort of mumble my friends and see if they're funny. But that's the kind of stuff I'd watch, and I saw Bill Murray on SNL, and I go, ooh, I like... You know, you gravitate to who you like, but I thought that was kind of funny because he wasn't doing like hilarious jokes. Remember, he's like, no, go on, get out of here, you know, or whatever he was saying. And I was like, why is it so fucking funny? It's not like a setup punchline. And so I sort of, when I started doing stand-up, I styled myself after like Dennis Miller and Kevin Nealon and uh, Steve Martin. I, liked, I was just sort of like a, a research paper. Like I just do a little bit of everybody, like but my own jokes. And then I just suddenly just gravitated to one style. Mm. Well, that style is is just so engaging. And I I, th I feel like that's why you can get away with sometimes being pretty mean or f nasty to people, like when you would do stuff um, yeah. on SNL or when you would I know, do but stuff on your... There's shit that you didn't get away with, though. Like you've made some, enem some enemies over the years. Yeah. Well, I was just talking to one of my uh, comedy buddies, I like saying that. Uh, about a joke for today's monologue joke. You're not in it today, but you know, there's exactly. only so many spaces. You can't. <laughs> so you'll, you'll be back in there soon. Okay. But, uh, but it was about this Broadway guy and he, and yeah. he got it. 
I'm only going to say this because this is the discussion. So my buddy that's in comedy, I say, uh, I say, I just pulled this joke uh, because I sort of just flippantly say him and, and I tell my writers, even when I had the show, lights out, I go, now the new space, I don't want to be too mean. I just want to keep it clever. And, and I can make fun of myself. I just don't want to go in for like rough jokes or career jokes or mean like, I said, when people fuck up, we can do a joke about them, but let's not hammer them over and over and over. Unless it's just like ridiculous, you know what I mean? Kanye West is something, and then we just react and go, sounds dumb, whatever. But it's never like, hey, fuck you. You know, it's not like that. So today I go, I think the joke was uh, this Broadway star got corona and they had to amputate his leg. And I said, oh, um, I said, oh, I guess no more fiddling on the roof for this one. <laughs> and, so, and then we decided it was too rough. Yeah, but no, but 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 literally, but he literally got his leg amputated. I mean, I think yeah, three, three I, you know, days ago. Yeah, I go, it's something that we would laugh at and go, and then we go, well, I don't know who this goes out to. Then I get like comments from other countries and here people see it. And then there's people in New York, and then you just don't want their friend or his wife to somehow go. Do you hear that joke? They do so mean. Like it just happened. So you have to sort of have an inner gauge going. Obviously, I mean no harm by it. Obviously, it's stupid, but. And it's not even that great, but it just made us laugh. And then I got hey, there, there's never been a tougher time to be a comedian than yeah. in the last, whatever, three years or whatever it's been. I mean, yeah. you can't, I mean, obviously there, there's plenty of stories of people who refuse to go play college campuses. Everybody's so, you know. It's almost sk- closed. Comedy yeah. is closed. Yeah. And it's hard because you could, and I'm doing the show, you used to want to be, I, I, read, I was looking at my old book. I read it every night. <laughs> and I I, I, uh, I read it to Harper, but uh, it's the old book. I was doing jokes in it, and I was like, "That book was five years ago. I couldn't do half of them because mm-hmm. you are trying to sh- shock all the monologues. You try to joke that the surprise is coming. We don't see what's coming next. So that's what's funny to me. And I because you just if you're in comedy at all, or you like comedy, you don't even notice you're guessing ahead, and then you go that went right where it was supposed to. So if a writer gives me a great setup and they do what's the easiest, I go, go fuck yourself. Come on. I, everyone sees this coming. So just give me a, I didn't care if it's not funny. Give me something out of the blue that, that'll catch me off guard. And then people like comedy go, good. At least I didn't see that. Have um, you had some great so, Corona jokes that you have not really told because it's like, Oh God, I, I well, can't do it. I'm, sho- I'm, I'm not shocked, but people that know me or would watch, at least know what they're getting in for. But some people go, oh, right. I can't believe you said, I think we did a one about the guy's leg yesterday. I think you did it. And I go, and then today I stopped it because I go, this was really about him. Yesterday it was like this, but what was the joke? It was something about, but, oh yeah, but, but unfortunately everyone from Cats kept their legs. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so mean. Yeah. Because everyone just on that play cats, so whatever. <laughs> but nobody is nobody in the public eye, or no, certainly nobody that's that's not in the public eye seems to be able to laugh at themselves. I mean, one of the best things that you do is laugh at yourself. When I, that that that's what makes you so engaging. And and Oliver laughs at himself, and I feel like I can laugh at myself. And but it seems like that number is dwindling to where everybody wants to just reach out and catch you and throw you in some like Guantanamo it's for hard. saying I something. Mean, listen, Louie, what happened with Louie is one thing, but he was a good comedian and whatever happened, happened. I don't even want to comment on that, but you know, there's 
he, he, I don't know, he, he can still do comedy, I guess, in his private places. He's got a mailing site. I think he can just say, hey, come see me here if you want. Now, no one can boycott a sponsor. You know, that's, I think that's how he would do it. But just, I like to defend comedy in general. That's, that's like a separate issue. But just comedians that go too far, I try not to comment or rough them up or say anything negative. Because even if I don't agree with the jokes, I just think, well, you can say it's not funny or whatever, but I don't want them to stop doing it. Because we're always trying to push and that was the trick. And now it's pulling back. And I go, we don't all want to do the same eight jokes that are allowed. You know, you want to be taken by off guard. You want to be offended a little bit. I mean, there's a, there's definitely a world of friends and people and, that just want to go laugh at that stuff. And it doesn't mean you're happy this guy got his leg cut off. It doesn't mean anything. You just go, right. it's just And I it's do also it. about how you've, isn't it also about how you've established yourself what kind of comedian you've established yourself as because some comedians definitely get more freeway and more leeway freedom yeah. and more leeway than others. I mean, you even listen to Stern now who, you know, I know you guys are really good friends. Stern is like my idol. I fucking love him. He even says things today that if anyone else said them on air, they would be just smashed for it. You know, oh, Rachel stuff. There's so many things that he says. Yeah. That no one, no that one says a word up. about it. Right. Right. And they, you know, Chappelle, his last special, I just saw some of it, but very funny to me, but stuff that I can't get away with. No Bill Burr did a lot of stuff. Bill Burr is very funny. I don't want to even say that to get people on him because it's so good. I mean, when people say stuff that's funny and get away with it, that's what I want. I want more people to do that because there's definitely an audience for it. But man, Twitter, how they go after you. Man, how people, a little tiny amount gets uh, so much attention and then they have power. So they do it more and they want to shut people down. I heard last week two people like, are they canceled? I'm like, off some flippant thing they said. It's like, canceled. You mean you're, you're going to take someone's whole career away? Yeah. For what? But but I here's what I don't understand. I mean, this is a real conversation. Like, who gives them that, who gives them that power? And there's such a narcissism with people. I would never be the moral police for anybody on Twitter and come after somebody. It's just like, shut the fuck, sit down. Like, if you don't like it, don't like it. It's a weird thing. And then somebody gives them that power to actually be able to, quote, unquote, cancel somebody is amazing because writers, for the most part, I think, are lazy. And they'll say, so-and-so did such-and-such, said something, and Twitter reacted. And they put the Twitter things in, which means nothing in the grand scheme of things. But all of a sudden, that guy's gone. There's a little bit of a high, a perverse applause. Yeah. Getting retweets and getting people to go, here, here. Oh, my God, you said it right. Can you believe that? And then they go, and then they just sit back and go, yeah, jump on that one. But politically, why we didn't do it on the show was Trump, love him or hate him. And it's really split. Like, I never got involved in that even before Trump because politics was never that serious in comedy until Trump. I mean, before that, it was like Bush got a little bit, you know, started to get a little bad with Bush. Like, you like Bush or you don't like what, you know, he did this. He saved everyone. No, he didn't. And you start to see the friction and I would be like, I don't want to be around that because it really turned friends on each other and family members. And now with Trump, it's really like such hate both ways that if some girl said, if I found out a guy dated or or talked about Trump or liked him or fucking voted for him, we would never, I would never. And you're like, wow, this is, it's gotten so big. They just, everyone hates each other. And I try to avoid those conversations. I don't want comedians to say it because then you lose half your crowd right away. Whatever half you 
take. The other mm-hmm. half, oh, fuck you. And then you go, why would you lose half your crowd? Just do jokes. Mm-hmm. Just do jokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my Aaron's, one of Aaron's girlfriends was on a date. And uh, she, uh, first, sort of a blindish date, and he started bad-mouthing Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> she just <laughs> left. She goes, I'm sorry, can't continue this, and just bailed. You said Aaron Foster? No, one of Aaron's friends, my Aaron. Oh, you're yeah, oh, yeah. One of her friends was on a date. I, I mean, is it that's, I guess it is to some people, but my God. Yeah. Like, it, it, I, I mean, I could see that, though, Oliver. I could see that easily, because... Mm-hmm. It's such a big thing. Anyway, we're sort of drifting here, but comedy, uh, I have a lot of opinions about that, but it is, it's it's, it's fun to do this thing in the bunker, even though my show's stopped, but we're still talking to people about doing it. But the weird part is I sort of have a thing about doing, you know, they don't want me to do a monologue on the show at Comedy Central, which I would always fight, but you can't ever really win. But I would make it shorter and stuff, but... I like it, and then now I like it even better. Mm-hmm. So if I do another show, I don't really want to throw that away. I like mm-hmm. sitting there and fucking off. Mm-hmm. But isn't that kind of who you are? I mean, how do you have David Spade with a show and you don't let David you know, Spade do stand-up? It's basically go, stand-up. That's what a monologue is, is stand-up. Well, and, and you know, out of the comedians that do shows like that, they're not – they're they're sort of understood as comedians now, but like Conan wasn't a stand-up or Kimmel wasn't, you know. Uh, so, or Colbert, but they are sort of now because you know them as coming out and doing a joke or two. But that's not what they focus on. But with me, I was like, I should focus on that because they're yeah. probably better at the interview part. I should be, I should be better at this. Uh, doesn't mean I am, but also mine's a little R-rated, which they can't get away with because they have Disney, they have this. So I said, let's focus on those things. That makes us a little different. And they would go, monologue's too long. People like when you talk to the other comedians. I go, well, I know, but I can't. That's harder. I like actually just going out and doing jokes. Mm-hmm. And then I would, they would heckle me. And that was sort of interesting. I liked it. I don't know if you saw it, Joe, but I would do it. And they were like five, ten feet away. And then they were allowed, they had cameras on, they were allowed to jump in. And so I just had to do whatever they could stop a joke. Right in the middle of a joke, Kevin Nealon goes, is that what you're going to wear tonight? That was the best. <laughs> <laughs> so great yeah but I, that's what i love is the unpredictability it's not like cut and paste the same yeah. old shit and you don't do a joke about like you know and, and the thing with jokes about trump it's sort of in a way that's already a setup what he does that day he says something crazy so you have half the joke and you come in and spike it so they're already about to laugh did you hear what trump said it? Blah, blah. and then you ah and then you say this we have to just take jokes out of nothing so we have to go oh you know, who got his leg cut off there or whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> something hilarious like that. Yeah, if something really funny happens like that, you know, I right. get, beep, beep, beep. hey, someone got their leg amputated. <laughs> Let's do an early show. Uh, <laughs> hey, did, did your dad try to connect with you once you got famous? Yeah, yeah, he was rooting around. Oh, he was. So it was one of those, like, typical stories out of the picture, David Spade up in lights, pop is back. Like, hey, Spade. He, well, we were all in the same town. So in Scottsdale, he would, uh, you know, he drifted around. Then I'd see him. Then I'd maybe crash at his dumpy little pad. And then I lived with him after. I, once I got, once he knew child support was over, because he never paid. So once I was like 18, he said, you can bunk with me. So we lived in a little dump with two single beds and one bedroom. And then I go, you got a phone? He goes, what the fuck do I need a phone for? I'm like, 
Well, maybe for me, Dick. So, <laughs> so he goes, because I have one you. and you could call me. Yeah. I said, I'm your kid. Maybe spoil me. So he goes, there's a pay phone at the pool. So I go to the pool and sit on the wall and then I get up, dial, fucking call. He would call me back here and I sit like a crack dealer. And then it was only pay phone. So if I hear it ringing in my apartment, I'm like, and then I have like, you know, it was about 40 yards, dude. <laughs> so you and lived with your dad then for a minute? I did for a little bit, for like six months. And then he moved. And he goes, I got no room for you. Fuck. That was uh, a stand up. And then he starts showing up at the clubs. And they go, oh, your dad's here at the bar. And he's like, hey. and then they, they take care of him. Even though I was like an open micer, but. And then he started talking to people. I'm his dad. And I was like, no. And then, my, and then when Andy and Katie started Kate Spade, then he had two things. Mm. Oh, you don't like Davey's crummy jokes? Hey, you know Kate Spade? You want me to get your purse? Hey, so he had a lot going on. And then my oldest brother sort of was unfairly ignored by him because he didn't have that going. He's just a hard-working guy doing construction and wasn't enough. Wasn't Damn. Enough Damn, yeah. that's so fucked. So my brother, of course, is angry about it. He, they never talked after. Where is he now, your your dad? In Arizona. With, and, you know, with my and do you guys talk at all or regularly? Uh, my oldest, yeah. We talk every day. I, you, I, your dad? I to take care of my mom because my mom just got her back operating. Oh, so your dad is not taking care of your mom? No, that's my oldest brother. My dad is in uh, Santa Barbara. Right that's what I mean, your dad. Sorry, your dad. Do you still talk to your dad? He's still he's in Santa Barbara and Andy. My middle brother has him in a place there, so I've seen him there and Actually, Rosie and I went up there a while. You did. It's tough because he. It takes him a second now. You yeah. Know, he goes, and then he waits, and he goes, "Oh, it's you!" Like he doesn't know, you know. Uh, so, but, but now for you, for you, David, seeing what it's like on the other side. Yeah. So what I, I've talked to Oliver about this a thousand times. Like he's got three great kids that you you know that are beautiful and funny, and yeah, they're all right. I've I've now got four, uh, and and you you start taking it from the other side, and you go, I don't. One of these four, they could do anything. There's nothing that would keep me from having the best relationship I could possibly have with any one of I my mean, four kids. Ideally, and you know that it is tougher when you're on the other side of it, and you go, oh, I could see that, I could see, but I, yeah, when I had my daughter and it was more a, a different lens and I'd go. And so it hurt my relationship with him because then I started bringing him like the letterman and we started hanging out. My dad, because, you know, I was doing okay and I didn't want him not around and, you know, it's your dad. So I sort of just knew it wasn't anything great, but you know, we were like friends. And then when the daughter came in, it, it started to deteriorate again. And I was wow. like, yeah. Cause I was like, you know what? 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 You would take off. But it's odd that prior to that, or, or you know, it's odd in the in the game of life that you were yeah. the one having to reach across the midline and make it work. You know, like you're oh, the yeah, kid. Yeah. And then yeah, and then it turns into this. So I just say I didn't like you know thinking if Harper ever called me, I listen, she lives in Springfield, but she should always know she's sick. I'll call her. She wants me to come there. I'm flying there. Like. When I was sick, we couldn't call him. He would always say, like, uh, he would call us. He wouldn't have a number. So we never really got that, but it was so controlling because he would be able to call when he felt like it. We'd just mm-hmm. say, oh, is it him on the phone? But we couldn't go, hey, we feel bad. Can you come over or whatever? Did you ever have feelings, though? Like, I don't want to be like my dad. I mean, did you ever have those feelings? Like, I don't want to be I like I still him. have pieces of me that are like him and me and 
Andy and Brian and we are my brothers. We talk about like, you know, there's parts of you that are so actually stamped in like your dad. And I catch myself and yeah. Andy too. And we're like, Ugh, you're just trying to be, but there was a lot of them that was fun and cool. So there's parts that I don't mind, but you don't want to be a carbon copy. And when you, when you found out that you were going to have a kid, I know the circumstances were a little crazy. What was your like, because f- because now, and again, this is what people don't understand is what a great father you are and how a present you are as much as you can be in her life. But when that first happened, when it was like, oh shit, what was that first feeling? Was it like, all right, I'm going to fucking, fucking buckle down? Or is it, well, was, there, I knew was there a flight or fight or flight mentality? There's part of me that was like, could you, I'm sure it's similar to a lot of people. Could you do this? Would you be any good at it? Obviously there was no time I would think I would be ready. Even present day, it's very tough to just go, Hey, these guys are like, I can't wait to have a kid. You're like, that's such a great attitude, but I don't know if I have the confidence in that or every, everything it entailed. Maybe I was more realistic going, this is how much it entails. It's not mm-hmm. just like, Hey, I got a great kid. There's a million things going on. You know, now mm-hmm. you're there every day. I wasn't, you know, I didn't have every night and the diapers. So it was different. So I sort of had it on a different angle. Everyone else has it harder. You guys have it like the real deal shit. So listen, it happened. And then you just go, oh, it's like anything. It's just dealt your way. You go, mm-hmm. I got to deal with it. Parents got divorced. Okay, I don't want it. Here's I got to deal with it. And you do your best. So I just did my best. And it's still, it's definitely weird. I see Andy's kid a lot now and they're friends. So. Mm-hmm. Those two little twerps get to talk. Yeah, to and does Rosie want to have kids? Are you good? <laughs> Easy guy. Fluffy <laughs> interview for a second. <laughs> <laughs> hey, David. So we got all this research on you, and I start reading it all. And obviously, you and I are basically the same age. And I look back. Do you, Do you ever give yourself the opportunity to look at all the shit you've done and go? This is beyond anything I ever imagined. I mean, your your resume from SNL to the different, uh, you know, the sitcoms and the, it's been an unbelievable body of work. I mean, do you, do you give yourself that joy? I try to do that, but you also go, uh, it's funny because I watched Sandler do this and Oliver knows it. He's put so much work in these movies and the next the second he's done, he's on the next one. And he doesn't really even talk about the old one or after he put so much into it. Uh, I think... It's a look forward town and it's also where you're right now. And so I do like to keep busy. So I do like to work. Some people don't like to work. I do like to do stuff. I don't want to bust my hump too bad anymore, but I like to keep things going. And I, I like, I'm proud of a lot of that stuff. You know, I'm glad for all of it just because it kept me working, kept me out there. They don't all come out the way I wanted or they're not as hilarious as I wanted. But as long as you got a couple of things on your res that, work uh and then i'm glad just glad i got to do a lot of stuff had a lot of opportunities and uh try to run with it do my best at it but then again it's just like eh, what are you gonna do next that kind of how did you end up booking all these tiger king people how do you even go about finding these people <laughs> that one uh i guess this is the last question according to oliver yeah uh, he just texted me saying he's gotta get going so um <laughs> tiger king was just for, uh, I, it was just more me going like hey i'm watching tiger king. and i didn't get in on love is blind there's a lot of these shows that everyone goes are you watching the americans and i literally haven't watched one of any of the shows they talk about so i go i think i'm gonna start though and i've never started so i go i'm the next fucking one i'm just gonna watch it 
So I watched two episodes and I go, these guys are so funny to watch. I go, maybe I should try to call them and talk to them. And they're like on the show. I go, I don't know. I just see. It'd be funny to bullshit with them. They're such like these Florida white trashy, hilarious characters. So then I thought, saw the third episode and they go, hey, that Joe Exotic guy's in jail, but his friend says he likes you. He says maybe he can get him to talk to you when he gets out. And I go, oh, fuck, okay. And I go, what about the fringe players? Anybody around? They go, next day they go, hey, uh, Saf, uh, where she got her arm chewed up. She wants to talk to you. I go, really? She goes, yeah, this will do it tomorrow. I go, oh, fuck. All right, well, what do I do? What do I talk about? So then I wrote up the questions and I had the writers ask me and I go, and I wasn't going to, you know, I didn't want to pounce on them and be like, you know what you're doing is wrong. I just go, let me just talk and just let people decide. I just, I was just interested. And then the other one said, oh, it's Joe Dirt. Yeah, we don't want to talk to Hollywood people. We, we like him. So it was all, they all brought up Joe Dirt. Well, like, Joe Dirt is, I mean, Joe Dirt is basically the whole exactly. deal. <laughs> the movie, I work in Florida on an alligator farm and uh. I don't want to get the whole movie like <laughs> Spadela, I love you, man. Thank you for doing this. You were very nice. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're a good man. You're a good dad. Thank you. Is this going to air or is this the practice one? No, we got to do it again tomorrow. It's a dry run. Yeah. Before you go, okay, we got the camera angles down. We got everything we need. Right. We're just blocking. We just blocked. So, what'd you call me on the show last night? Joe Fuck. Oh, yeah. Joe Buck yourself. I had it on another piece of paper. I had to go find it. I was like, blow, duck, fuck, blow, fuck, blow, joke. buck. Yeah. <laughs> it's the wor- it was the worst name when I hit first grade and everybody learned Dude, that. Dude, you should like, grab that one thing because, you know, Bob Menery is circling the building. Oh, my God. He, it's, <laughs> he's he's going to dive on that one hard. I'll do yeah. it. I'll do it. You better believe it. Here we go there, Peter. We got to. Yeah. Pop right in the puss. Uh, <laughs> all right you guys thanks uh, thanks, thanks david thanks Bailey. give me a copy of this okay. you got, you got it, it. Yeah. leave Too me it. you bye. got it bye um that was good by the way he was talking about shit that he hasn't really talked about this is cool it was cool for me it was cool for me to hear him how long did you guys shoot that show for real seven years Wow, I wouldn't. Uh, seven mm-hmm. years. Yeah, was it no, just so, crazy? Was it? Was he funny on that set? Or oh was God, he more he's amazing. No, really funny. One of the sharpest, uh, wittiest uh, people I know. I mean, probably number one. Honestly, he's so quick. His mind is so quick that it almost feels like he has these things stored up. Meaning, like, oh, if 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 someone says that sentence, I have something for it. He's that quick. And he's a, he's a really generous, um, sensitive, good person. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of perception about who David Spade is. And he's a womanizer. And, yeah, he likes girls. But he's, uh, he's a lot more than that. And, honestly, that's why I wanted to bring him on because he is a great fucking dad. You know, he, it was a crazy circumstance that happened. And, um, you know, he stepped up. And, and, and a lot of people thought that well would think that Dave would not be that kind of a person, you know, just based on right. who everyone thinks he is, but that's just not the case. You know what I mean? And, and that happens everywhere. I think anybody that's in the public eye, everybody yeah. has, has a certain perception that's out there. However, that gets started. And that's why I asked him that during the interview that I, I just get the sense and I don't know him. Obviously I, I've known him. I've been around him a few times, but I just get the sense that he's just a big hearted, good guy mm-hmm. that, you know, a 
probably doesn't love some of the insult comedy that he throws out there just because of the fear of it hurting somebody's feelings. But it's so genius. It's like he almost can't say it because the mm-hmm. jokes are so freaking good. And then B, I, I just never... I know that he kind of purports himself to be kind of this wild child, or at least back in the day, but it it just doesn't fit. It doesn't fit how I see him. No. I just feel like he's a lot more at home, stay at home, chill guy. Yeah. I mean, he had his moments like he talked about, but for the most part, dude, since I've known him, he is in bed by 10, 1030. He drinks his little vodka and diets. He's got his airplane vodkas and his Diet Coke. And he makes his little cocktails, and then he's he's in bed by ten thirty. Like you will not. Catch I thought him out you were kidding 11. me when when Michelle I, Michelle, my wife, got him on an ESPN Joe Dirt thing, and she asked you, "What can I send David as a thank you?" Your answer was like, "Send him the little yeah. airplane bottles yeah. of." Vodka, yeah. Like, come on. Like, what yes. about like an unbelievable bottle of wine or a case no. of something or no? Nope. No, just yeah. like a little airplane cart. <laughs> bottle yeah, yeah. Like a like a nice little like pyramid of of, of airplane liquor bottles. That's his. Oh, that's great. I just I've been a fan. Obviously, as you know, he and I are basically the same age, and I I just I've admired him from afar and through you or wherever I met him. Just like yeah. I, Thank God. He's just like a normal, nice guy. It's, he doesn't let you down when mm-hmm. you meet him. You know, no, and he's some... engaged, and he's he was excited to talk, and he was telling telling stories about his, his life and his childhood, you know, that some people know. Uh, but there's insights in there that a lot of people don't, don't get, and I don't think I've heard. You know, the one thing that I didn't ask about because I just forgot to was his stepfather's suicide, which I didn't even realize that it happened. I'm reading it in the notes and didn't even realize that that's what went down. But, he's the classic great comedian who's had a lot of yeah. dark yeah. history yeah. that, you know, out of a lot of hurt comes laughter or his act. And But again, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I it doesn't always manifest itself in, in his act. I think he's, he's kind of a bright up, funny, mm-hmm. light mm-hmm. comedian that mm-hmm. is pretty palatable. Mm-hmm. To, and to very all, self so. self deprecating too. Which that's I love. He can laugh yeah. at himself. Yeah. That was fun, too. man. Th- thank you for uh, that setting that up. That was awesome. Um, all right, JB. Uh, we need to remind our our listeners to share this mm-hmm. and to subscribe. That is, that is that is part and parcel to us continuing to do this and succeeding at it. Right. You have to subscribe. Yes, that's that's right. Let's leave a review, a rating. Okay, Sim. Oh, leave a rating, uh, unless it's, uh, that's Sim Sarna. And, and leave the rating, let's be honest, only if it's good. Right, exactly. Only five stars. Well, we'll go, yes. f- well, four is okay, but like four s- twos and threes, like, yeah. Anything under four, Oliver yeah. and I will personally come find you. <laughs> exactly. We will hunt you down. We will make your three-star review a five-star review by taking mm-hmm. you out to breakfast. That's right. Or, uh, just a nice long walk. 